0: The first page uh, was we'll start again, we just started ice bays. Uh Mid beginning was farm uh, on um on when this 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 week. They nothing was coming from Hell because of Yontiv this farm weren't coming, so we should have them this coming week, so I'll get a few more copies. <clears throat> in the meantime, um, there's some protost. So we'll try to look inside. So for those who were not here, before Yontov, when we started this, the country uh, the this small, not exactly a Safer, it's Kunshus. Mm-hmm. I already have a taste of how unique it is, uh, and it's not, and, and, and one should not expect to find here um, a Safer that's written with a certain method and a certain say there this is more of an outpouring of the tzadik's heart as i said this is more of a this is more of a uh spiritual will and testament that the tzadik left for the jewish people and he saw the dark clouds gathering over europe and there's that special really unique sense of urgency that's in every single paragraph every single sentence if so he felt that that the Jews who were going to survive whoever was going to be left in the world would need a certain type of physic and would ne- would need certain type of terror in order to keep us going and I believe that he was not that he needs my Haskama uh, but uh, he was right so let's Let's start ice bays. In ice aleph, the Rebbe had, the, and there's no connection all well between one ice and the other. These are different days, different thoughts, no connection. Though there are, there are times that you will see that the one is sort of running into the next. In ice aleph, the Rebbe was writing about the importance of keeping a, a spiritual journal, a spiritual diary, which is sort of his explanation of why he's doing this. But he's saying that each and every one of us, each and every one of us should engrave our spiritual portrait on paper. And the theme is, the theme is sort of picked up in Ozbeis, as, as you'll see. <coughs> <coughs> That first sentence, and that, those few, that, those few words are not so partial either. You have to make, you have to think about that. Many people, uh, never thought about that. If you really, if you're, if you're trying to, if you really want to, uh, if you have a rutsum, if you have a will and a desire to serve Hashem. And you are really seeking to, you're seeking to lift yourself, you're seeking to, to, to rise. If you've come to the decision decision that that you don't want to be the same person on on your 70th birthday as you as you were on the day of your bar mitzvah, they said last time for many of us halavai <laughs> that wouldn't be bad, it wouldn't be bad. The every saying that that. <clears throat> If you've decided that you don't want to stagnate, you don't want to remain in one place, you don't want to look back with regret over a life that was not that was not lived in a fulfilling way. So he he says something which is very difficult. He, th- many of the instructions here are difficult. This is not an easy. It's not an easy uh, safer. And the, and the tzaddik, with all of his compassion and gentleness, he ex- he had high standards and he expected a great deal from from his uh, from his followers and. For us, it's certainly more difficult. We weren't raised in that environment, but we have to raise ourselves up. I say, He says, Try this. Do this. Each year, you should set for yourself a goal. Imagine. He says, Imshimcha Ruvain l'marshal. Just for instance, if your name is Ruvain, there you go. They post that to you. Imshimcha so you should set for yourself a matara. You should set for yourself a goal, an objective. In other words, so let's, so uh, we're talking, it'll be reishchadash iya, tavshin samachalaf. So one sets for oneself, this is ruvein of reishchadash Tafshin tavshin samachalaf. What is a reasonable, what is a reasonable, my um, Torah objective, or picture that I could have a ruvain in Tashen Samach Beis or the same day Tashen Samach Beis. What would I want? What do I think is? Ex- what do I think I can handle? And what would I want myself to look like? Look like? I'm not talking about as far as you know your weight is concerned, but to look like as far as your avodas is concerned a year from now. My yiu has to gozav avodaso midoso But in all the details, try to imagine. What additional learning does Ruvain have under his belt? Do I have under my belt a year from now? What about in my avodah, in Avodah Hashem? What will my Avodah Hashem be like a year from now? And this isn't a wish or a hope. This isn't this isn't uh, a New Year's resolution that's made while a person's in some drunken stupor. This is this is a decision. This is a decision. It's a goal. And throughout the entire year, that imaginary ruvain, that ruvain that you've pictured of next, of next Rashchredish that ruvain should be a measuring rod, should be a way for you to measure yourself, to look at yourself throughout the, throughout the coming year, throughout this year. How much is still missing? You only have a few months to go and you still haven't reached that, that Ruvein. You have to think. My daily regimen, what I'm doing each day, my efforts each day, are they going to suffice? Are they going to be enough to, to create that ruvain that I've set for myself. And if the following year has arrived, you know, that, year has arrived. And you've evaluated yourself. And you haven't even reached, you haven't even reached the, 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 uh, the, uh, the end of, the edge, even the, even the, uh, the what? The yeah, the ankles. But it means you haven't really, you haven't even started. <speaking in Hebrew> of the ruben you were supposed to become. <speaking in Hebrew> it should be in your eyes, it says, <speaking in Hebrew> twice. That, that God forbid your life has been cut short. As if as if you haven't lived. Or God your life your life is is is, uh, you're leaving this world. Kiraka has shona or shonam. the only one that's living is the old Ruvain, the Rubain from last year, the Ruven from ten years ago. Could be the Ruvein from 25, 30 years ago. So it means that ruven has Reuven has not a, has not lived this year. And in fact you should see yourself as someone God forbid died this the past year, this past year. <clears throat> the one who's alive is the Ruven from ten years ago. So, on some level, on some level, you've killed, or you've aborted the new Ruven that you were supposed to become. You've You've killed that person. You've aborted that person. That that ruvain that you were supposed to be is stillborn and hasn't come into the world, or it was, or there was the potential that's been killed. The Avram zaken and Avram was old, and he came with his days. Avram shall hayom, haya shal hayom, Aloha Avraham shal esmo there's a very beautiful pshat Rames Ramaz was hinted at in the, in the Pesach that Avram was old and he was coming with his days. That means that the Avram of this year was the new Avram who has arrived this year. Not the Avraham of the past. The Avram zokain Bobby Yome means that in years he was an old man. But the Avraham of this year <clears throat> means Avram zokain Bobby yomim. he has just arrived with his days. He's arrived with his days this year. He's not the Avram. He's not the old Avram from the past. And that was the greatness of all the tzaddikim. The greatness of the tzaddikim is that despite their age and the increasing years, they never ever, they never ever lost the enthusiasm, if anything, the excitement, the enthusiasm, the shtadlis, would increase. I remember years ago that they needed uh, for a for a minhamar, there was a well it was for a by Rav Moshe Feinstein's apartment. He had some guys that went Ramosha, to Rav Moshe to Daven and he wasn't uh, feeling well he couldn't go to shul so was some, everybody was taking turns to go to his apartment. And um, and Ben Gavr by the laning, so he had a he had a little worn Mishnayis uh, mishnayis that that he had been through many many times, and then gavra gavra whatever he had he had three seconds five seconds he was he was looking at mishnayis and he was going through mishnayis, but the way that he did a mishnah was like he had never seen it, and you know he he finished shas when he was when he was a young man, and he had finished many many times shas, and and yet so for people like us we would look at the mishnah and say ah, it's an alchemisin. This Mishnah is already in altimeiser. Uh, yeah, sure. You look at the first words yeah, Yeah, I know the Mishnah. <clears throat> but that <clears throat> that freshness and that excitement is the symbol of it. Is the mark of a tzaddik. But here, the pizessnes is telling us that it's absolutely essential that we set a certain picture of ourselves in our minds of what we're supposed to be like next year. And we have to bring, we have to come with those days of this past year and to come with that new person who we've decided to become. If you feel that your heart is broken within you. And it seems to you that because of your broken heart, it seems to you that your spirit, your heart has already been softened and that, you are now, and that you're now and now a person that's prepared to start again, to serve the Bnei Lailam. So he says, don't trust in that completely. Why not? He says, the Rebbe says, it sounds very simple, it's really very, very profound. And it's connected to what we were to a major thing that we were learning in the Bnei Mach Shavateva earlier this year. Remember we were learning that, that the Rebbe told us that there are times in life where, where there's some sort of a rude awakening, where your heart breaks. It could be, God forbid, that there was some halila, some tragedy, or it could be that there was some major disappointment in your life, and your heart is is broken, you feel to broken, and because you feel to broken, I mean, I've seen some of the most hardened people, some of the, you know, the biggest late sons, the biggest clowns, the biggest scoffers, but when they go through a difficult parasha, lo and, and the heart is broken, so then there's a certain receptivity to the truth, there's a certain sensitivity that, that, that is awakened at that time, that's aroused at that time as a result of that, as a result of that event, or, or, or difficulty. And then the person will be, will attempt to commit himself to a little bit more, to try a little bit more, and he thinks that and the rebbe says he has to be careful because it's very easy to become satisfied and to feel at that time that i am a changed person i'm a changed person i've been transformed and i'm different so the rebbe says be careful why he says well, instead when that happens he says quickly it's true you remember we learned that marshal about how about how once the, if the jail door is open then take advantage if your heart has been softened if something if something has happened to open your heart then he says quickly to my hair but i quickly while there's still time because especially nowadays the heart doesn't remain open for too long it doesn't remain open for too long i might i might have said back then but I remember, i'm thinking about this that I, I was once uh it was on a i remember it was on a tuba night and i was coming back from the airport i was away and it was it was a very icy winter night and i had a a tell with a car and, uh, thank God nothing happened, and it was spinning, and I, and I, it was terrible. And nothing happened. And I'm, I was shaking the whole way, and I came home, I lived in Farakwa at that time, and I came home. And, uh, you know, and I, and I told my wife that there's certain, you know, these, this Indian and that Indian, you know, has to change, and I have to work on this. And, you know, certain different inyanum that I need to, that for years I've been putting off, and the punishment gave me a second chance, and, and I was—I almost couldn't fall asleep, and I was saying to him, and I was on fire with these ideas and, and these changes, and and uh, and that I wanted to. There was somebody that I needed to make shalom with, and I'm going to make shalom. You know, it was this whole spiritual upheaval. So that was around 11:30, quarter to 12 uh, at night. By the next day, 11:30 in, in the morning, I was already—I was already much better. I was feeling much better. I, I saw that person, I didn't make shalom. Because I began to think. You know, I began to say who so I began to make different hushboines, the old Khajbainas. And and thank God, you know, I have a good wife. So so I came home that night, so my wife said the first thing was, No, did you see so and so? you. So I started you know, so I started to the whole place this new vega you know. How come? No, yeah. So so my wife said it, you know, she said isn't everything that that you talk about and that you learn about is how to hold on to to that how to hold on to that to that feeling and how to and how to apply it to your life and to our lives and so on so how's it that in such a short time you know if I wouldn't have spoken to the night before I could have gotten away with it maybe but the truth is that this happens to us all the time the heart closes and we say it has we tell the whole, we tell it, we tell our loved ones, no, 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 no. It's just that, no, now it's just, uh, you know, I realized that it wasn't such a practical thing, and I have, and it was just made in haste, and I wasn't really thinking it over properly. It means that you're, you're taking from the Ezadas again, instead of the But when the, but when the, when you, when the heart was open, the Rebbe says, quickly, you have to take advantage, because you don't know how soon it's going to close. That's why he says, "Temayhar ba'od moed." While there's still time, li'kanes alibcha, go into your heart, l'shadid is atmoshcha hakosha, and plow that 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 soil, that 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 ground that is so that is so hard. hasken is a psolim. You have an opportunity to to heal, to fix the wounds. <laughs> Hashves akmumi is to straighten out the crookedness. Ba'hashlech mishamis <laughs> atolaim. And you have the opportunity to remove the poison and the filth that has made a place of residence in your heart. You have now that opportunity. But quickly do this. And especially if you've sunk to a, a new low. God forbid. And you've done something that you feel that you simply can't live with yourself, and now you have to do tshuva, and you feel this humility, you feel this submissiveness, uh, and you feel this this tshuva that's rumbling inside of you, and it's and it's true. This is what you feel. <laughs> he says it. He, he, he says a very um, hurtful thing. You know, I mean, you see this, you feel like saying, "Come on, Rabbi." Now take it easy. He says what you're, what you, he says the Rebbe is saying here that really this whole thing that you might be feeling is just that you are responding so, to some unfulfilled wish inside of yourself, to some unfulfilled taiva. What could that be? What does he mean? He says, Imakovit, so he gives example, he explains. He says, Imakovit, Shatamis Aveylav, Ataiva, <clears throat> he said that he says that sometimes what you, what you think is is a feeling of chuva, that you that you've made up in your mind you want to return to Hashem really, really doesn't mean it has nothing to do with the Bain and it has nothing to do with, with any true and sincere decision that you've made to draw closer to Hashem. It could be that you were just it could be you were just shaken up and it could be that there's when he says mm-hmm. it, it could be that it was something that it could be that it was something that was uh more subtle or more sublime but mm-hmm. it could be that 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 what you can what you think is a, a sincere a sincere desire to, to, to do tshuva is really just that you're responding to some something inside of you that hasn't been fulfilled in other words get you're broken. It could be what you're really broken about is, let's say, let's say you're feeling depressed. What he uses here about COVID, he says, for instance. L'moshel, let's just explain a little bit what the Rebbe is saying. These these pieces are all very short, and he doesn't say much. <coughs> in in Benei Moshav, Rebbe spells things out much more. Here, it's uh, it's not so clear. He says, L'moshel, it could be that it could be that uh, on a certain day at work, so there's a person that you've been vying with for position at work. And, and this person has made some major step forward in the eyes of the boss. And, uh, you come home that day and you feel, you're feeling very broken and your heart is broken. And you begin to think about your life and how you have to change and there's certain things in life. The Rebbe says, that's not Shuvah. That's not shuva. It's just that, it's just that you were very disappointed that you were the one that wanted that covered that day. And instead, your competition got the, got the COVID. You really wanted that COVID. <clears throat> or, or what happened is that, you know, you're, you're in shul and you expected to get a certain keyboard. And you thought that people are going to look at like you a certain way and this and that. And then instead it didn't work out at all. And, uh, you, later on, you know, you, you, you open a tehillim and you, and you cry a little bit. And You say, Oh, you no shemma rabbut Rabbim kamim alai. And you start to say Tillum and you say, I'm such a an Elichiyid, I'm such a fumiyid and uh, not just you're just a disappointed Jew. And and if it were possible for so, for them to for someone to run over to you to say and to explain that it was such a mistake they didn't know that you were in Shul and now you're gonna have Shishi for the next for the next six months because you're the most hush of a person in Shul? forget to tell them you're fine, everything is just okay. A hundred percent fine. It's not because of any decision to change. It's not real tshuva. Yeah, your heart has been softened and you've been broken. But it has nothing to do with tshuva. You're feeling a certain melancholy and you're feeling like you have to do something very dramatic. And for Jews, for Jews, we have, when we feel that way, so it often translates into something religious. But it's not necessarily anything that's real or that, or that's, this can be sustained unless one really is honest with oneself. it. you're, you're depressed. So if you'd be another type of a person, you know, you'd maybe, you'd, you'd maybe have a, you'd maybe have a drink. Or you'd maybe, uh, go out for a night on the town or something, God forbid. But you're a yid, so instead you imagine that this is tshuva. You imagine that you're doing tshuva. What kind of tshuva? This has nothing to do with being far from Ashant. It has to do with the aliyah that you didn't get. Or it has to do with the, with, with the that's unfulfilled. There was some time. it could be it could be the dumbest lowest thing and you're feeling and you're feeling upset about something you're feeling hurt a friend said something so in that feeling of being hurt so it might emerge in your life in some religious way it might appear that way but it has nothing to do with that and it's nothing to do with any real of it is it's just another way of a person expressing his pain which doesn't mean that it's worthless the rebbe's not it's not the, the Rebbe's not saying that that's that that's worthless that feeling But what he is saying is that it's not going to last. It's not going to last because because there's no there's no real decision that's being made. It's just a response to something. And when you respond to something, if you still feel that acute pain, so then you'll that response will will, that response will will be in effect. But if you're no longer feeling that pain, if you've gotten over that pain, then then the distance between you and Hashem will resume. Yeah, that's what I was talking about myself. Thank God it wasn't an accident, but I, but it was a near thing. Somebody, somebody's got a bit sick, right? Somebody's sick, and, and because of his, and during the time of his sickness, he was thinking about his life, and he was making all kinds of cheshbaynas, and this and that, and you know, I don't doubt him properly, and look at me, and what, where am I holding and learning, and what about this aveyra, and that aveyra, and he's supposed to think about all these things, and how I'm gonna change, and I need to really work on myself, And then, and then, Bo Hashem, he's feeling better, and he's feeling better. So, once he's cured of that which was frightening him into, into tshuva, you know, that, that, uh, foxhole Yiddishkeit, right? That, that belief in that closeness to Hashem that a person has when he's in a foxhole, when he's in danger. So, if there's no real work, and as the Rebbe says, he doesn't really enter into the depths of himself in a sincere and real way, so once the calamity or once the difficulty, once the fear has passed, so he remains the same person, the same the same Ruvayim from his Bar Mitzvah, the same person. He says, You can't be certain, he says, in the next moment. This is what he says. So now they're giving you shishi. Now you have the covenant. Now you're feeling better. That was your tithe. It's a very nice tithe. Your tithe was to get out of the hospital. Your tithe was to, to feel well. Or it's someone that you love isn't well. And your, your biggest tithe in the world is that this person should feel well. <laughs> I, there, was, there was a woman that called me last summer. That uh, that she had in her family terrible tsar, a terrible tsar. And, then, and I, mis- I don't really, I didn't really know the person, but uh and this is a person who in the past had uh, had said something to a few people, had said things to a few people uh, that, that, that sort of making fun of me, making fun of the shul. Uh, so. I didn't really know her, and uh, I never met her, but on a few occasions, uh, once through a child, something that shouldn't have been said came out, and I understood that this is a person that's not particularly fond of of me or the shul, for for no reason that I know of. She'd never met me or never came here. But but she was going through a terrible sorrow, and uh, so she called me up in the country. She called me up, and she says, uh, can we talk? So I said, yeah, well, what's the, what's the matter? She told me about the tzara, and I I empathize. I mean, it's a terrible tzara. And she starts telling me, if, <clears throat> we go we're on the phone for like an hour, about how she feels that she needs to change something in her life, and, and she needs to work on herself, and uh, 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 you know, to be a schuss for the loved one that's, that, that was in the in tzara. So, what, and she wanted to know what could she do, and, you know, so we were talking for a long time about different ideas and so on. And then after that, the next, uh, the next couple of nights, she called again, and we were talking about this union. So, so afterwards, what I can tell you is that is that afterwards, um, so I me- I I hadn't heard from her in a long time, and I tried calling once to see how things are doing there. And I left a message, and then I and then I and then I met this this individual. I met this individual uh, on Central Avenue in a store and uh so i so i uh judging one of the things that we discussed was her appearances she was she herself suggested to me that she wasn't she didn't feel that she was dressing at all in a proper way and that she needs and this is one of the things that we spoke about so when i met her you know uh i i couldn't i couldn't really face her it was it was really it was was terrible so um so what was i going to say i guess i guess uh you changed your mind <laughs> i mean you should have heard the crying and the and and it wasn't insincere it was sincere the rabbi's not saying it it was sincere she meant it you know <clears throat> she meant it so i just said how so-and-so doing with the family how, how you know how how is this person How? So-? oh she says well, you no know, things are much better everything's fine you No. Know? so what it means in effect is that uh so i have so, as you could see, I'm able to keep my old wardrobe. Because everybody's fine. So that's the end of it. That's the end of the whole upheaval, the whole project, the whole ruchnis. Which at the moment, when the heart was open, was sincere. And I'm not saying to God forbid she was a, a phony. It's not, she wasn't. She meant it. I and mean, I could tell she was sincere and she was honest about it. But the, but she had a, a bigger taiva than the taiva that she had. All it means that her taiva for her loved one to be better was stronger than her taiva to be Miss America. You understand? So the taiva for her loved one, which is beautiful, that her love, that the love that she had for that person was very great. So that taiva was stronger than her taiva to dress a certain way. Whatever that taiva is. The taiva, the desire to, for, to, to, to help the, and she didn't know because the doctor said it can't work and nothing's going to work. So, but the laser rarer, <laughs> so what are you going to do? So she's so, so the Rebbe says that, you don't know, once that, when that moment passes, and the Taiva is no longer, the Taiva has been fulfilled, so her Taiva was fulfilled, the person is better. So once the Taiva has been fulfilled, so then, no, that's the end of the, that's the end of the new, of, of the Taiva to be a better Jew. He says, <laughs> You don't know, your heart will close and become as hard or even harder than before. And the stone will come back and close and shut the heart. That was open for that moment. For that moment it was open. And we shouldn't make a mistake. In the eyes of Hashem, even that one moment that the heart is open is precious. It for sure is precious. Because it could be that you haven't met yourself your entire life. You've never really met who you are. And maybe for that, for that brief moment, you had that experience of encountering who you really are, and and and, <clears throat> and that was real, and that that's important. That's in, in Hashem's eyes, that's something important. But the Rebbe says, but unfortunately, if you don't take advantage of that and do something real and accept upon yourself real avoda and to do real soul searching and learning and so on, which we're going to talk more about, so then the moment will pass. And the heart will close, and that's the end of that. evan, your heart will be once again of stone, orel closed and shut and covered on all sides and 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 dull and numb. Vata tishor vata mi and once again, you are living a life outside of your own heart, which is the greatest tragedy in life: to live outside of your heart. You're not living within yourself, not real. You're living outside of your heart. You become again, you know, like the, the life of the party, the comedian, the guy that always has the right line and everybody always enjoys being with. But nobody could quite pin you down. There's a certain way that people go on and on and on. and Never anything real, not to the kids, not to the wife, not not to one's parents, not in learning. It's um, all like this, but you're outside of your heart. He says, "Now you want to heal the wounds of your soul." So he says, the Rebbe says, "Now, so now you're looking, you're looking Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, and saying you think, you know, I really haven't changed much." So you have a and Kippur, a person's honest. So you say you're thinking a little bit to yourself, you know, I remember that when I wasn't feeling well. I remember when I went through that difficulty, that God forbid that accident. That, you know, I remember, uh, or that day when I was tibroch, and I remember what I was thinking, what I was feeling, and I don't see that it, you know it hasn't really, it hasn't panned out. I don't see that it's happened. So now you want to heal the wounds of your soul, you want to fix your heart, but the problem is, he says, "Avol oy vavoy. He says, "Oy it's, it's too light. Why? Because nisharta mi b'chutz lelivcha. Because you're outside your heart now you're not inside you're outside you're reflecting you're thinking it's a very intellectual thing now it's a very cold rational thought that you're having what are you you're not an idiot you remember that you that you were feeling something you remember that you made certain decisions you remember how you wanted to change you're not you're not a liar and you're not an idiot you know that so now but now the rebbe says va, because now you're not in your heart anymore when you went through that difficulty When you were sick, or someone that you loved wasn't well, or when some tragedy got to that happened, and your heart was broken, then you were in your heart, and from that perspective, where you were looking, from that vantage point of being in your heart, you were able to see the truth, and not just to intellectually conceive of what you should do in life, but to make a a resolution and decision of what you have to do. The problem is you didn't go with it, you didn't you didn't take it into the end zone, but you but you had that. You had that true con- conception. But now the Rebbe says, oivavoi. Va now it's just a, it's just a memory. But you're outside, he says, he says, va vai, li libcha, shum now you no longer have control over your heart. Now it's just something that you think about. It's something that you, it's like, um, you know, somebody who was once in love and spends the rest of his life, you know, writing poetry. He's writing poetry, but he's by himself. You know, so he once felt this, and now he just writes about it. Or he paints and the, and when you read this, you would think, you no, know, you would think that this person must have the most unbelievable, the most unbelievable, <laughs> fulfilling relationship in life, and, you, and then you find out that he has a parakeet or something. And, you know, he lives in a hill someplace with a parakeet, and, and and you know, when you read the poem, when you read the poem, ooh, huh, you think so. That person, that poet, mm-hmm. could be writing poetry till he's 80 years old. You know, even When I was a young man, I read a lot of Robert Frost. This time you heard of him, right? So I used to read a lot. And, and, and as a, as a, as a teenager, I used to, I used to chalush. I was thinking, if only I could meet this person. See, he died a long time ago. In the early 60s. But I was thinking, wow, what a murdered person he must have been. What a loving and giving and caring person he must have been. And I was so moved by it. And then, and then uh, I was once in the bookstore, and they were selling the biography of Robert Frost. Oh boy, what a maneuver! <laughs> what a mushkas! What a nobody! What a cold and cruel person he was! I, I was so disillusioned because I was like 13, 14 years old, and I was like this, like you know, poetic, romantic type of a guy, and I was thinking, wow, whoever knows this man must be so lucky. And then everybody they interviewed said. I was praying for him to die. <laughs> Everybody they spoke to, I, I wished he would die. So I'm thinking, how did, ha- so then then there, there are two ways of looking at this. So I said, I said to myself, look, I said, it seems apparently he wasn't such a great guy. And apparently, like, he wasn't in such a loving situation. So, there are two possibilities. Either he just did this for a living. And I thought, that's amazing. It's amazing to be, to be such a, phony and i mean maybe to write such things or or maybe he once was a young man in the nabuch he became over life there was some bitterness that set in and some difficulties maybe uh, it didn't work out face and i chose the second approach i thought it was the nicer one although although in later years i read more about in one place another article than i I think that probably was the because he himself said he, he himself once said in an interview that uh this is the only way he knows how to make a living. That's the only thing he could do. Afal Picheng. Afal Picheng. He says, <clears throat> the, the idea is that a person can write poetry about love, and his Bechelal not there. It, it's not, he doesn't have a shemit, He doesn't even have the slightest connection to what that means and what it is. He's, he's, he could be that he has a memory of something that was once very powerful, an experience, an emotion that was once very strong, and 30, 40, 50 years later, he still, he still thinks about it. But now that he thinks about it, it's really no more than, it's no more than just a, than just a memory of something that once was. But it's not anything that has any effect over his life in the present time. It's not anything that, that changes him right now. The haraya is here, the person is living but this way, and he has no connection to people, and he's not able to relate to people. Even though when you would read the poem, you would think that he's a person whose heart is open to the entire world. Demis is that he's a recluse, that no one has any shaykhistu. No shaykhistu. So, it could be that back then he was in his heart. And now he's just writing about something that was that he felt back then. But he no longer has a shaykhistu. Other than some intellectual perception of, wh- of what once was. And that's chavah. It's chavah to, to, to go to the grave in such a way. So the Rebbe continues and he says, and you'll see there's a connection here between, between Gimel and Dawud. He sure not not in apshacha. The Rebbe says, try to imagine. Ma ha ye imasi says, kol ha she'ol ha b'napshacha. V'machshav tocha v'ritsayincha me'oydcha He says, try to picture what would you look like? What would be? If you would actually have carried out all that you ever desired, wanted to have, wanted to do, all that you ever imagined and thought about, if you would have, lamaisa, carried all these things out that you had desired or thought of since the time that you could remember. So he says, (laughs) how filthy, polluted and disgusting would this person be in the eyes of man and God? He says the only way that you're able to stand in this world and the only way that you're able to still be here and that people still think of you as being a decent person is because you were able somehow to lock up and to hold inside and to keep those things from, from coming out or at least from getting caught, right? But from coming out that you were able to hold these that you were able to control yourself and you didn't and you didn't do those things that you had thought of that you uh, fantasized or imagined you didn't do those things because you held them prisoner inside of you those feelings those desires were held prisoner like <inaudible> <inaudible> to, 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 to close in to quiet down it means to, to quiet down to restrain. So he says, now the Rebbe says, So the Rebbe says, so then if you really want to be honest and think about your soul, who you are, because Ma, you're the only one that knows these thoughts that you've had. Because the rest of the world thinks you're the, the sweetest, greatest, the holiest guy. So the Rebbe says, okay, so forget now what everybody else thinks. What about who you really are? And what about what's inside of you? In in truth, therefore, how honorable is your soul? How honorable are you? In terms of really what's inside. Are you really more honorable? So, you have a person. You have a person who's a criminal. And this person was caught in the act of, he was about to carry out some terrible crime. He was attempting <laughs> to carry out some terrible crime, but he wasn't able to. Why wasn't he able to? <speaking in Hebrew> because they handcuffed him. He was chained. The police got to him. They caught him before he was able to murder a steal. <speaking in Hebrew> And he was locked up in jail so what would you say and the guy's sitting there simmering in jail chained to the you know with the boil with the, with the what's it called the boil and chain and he now he can't do any of these things <clears throat> and he's this angry person he was caught and he's in jail so the is saying what makes he so better than this guy Ah, you're you're a much more able person, so you didn't have to wait till till a police officer uh, stopped you. You have, Hashem you have within yourself your own shaytem right? You have your own officers and and judges, like the sfas and all the tzaddikim explain the pasuk the right? When it says in pasuk you shall place appoint judges and and guards and police at all of your gates, so the sfas they explain all your gates means on a deeper level. Your eyes, those are gates. Your ears, your mouth, right where things come in and leave. You shall play of <coughs> Those are the shaytun b'shaytun. So, what we're the children of Avi and Yaakov? So we don't need to have, we don't need to have uh, somebody come and to handcuff us and to take us off and to stop us in order to stop us to prevent us from carrying out that desire. Another person, he wants to carry out a desire. If not for the police, he would have killed her, he would have, he would have stolen, he would have done this or that. So the police prevented him from doing that. So we, Broch Hashem, are are infinitely more refined. And we have these personal shaitim and shaitrim that we carry within us. From the way that we were raised by very, very, very good, decent people. And we were raised, we were raised in such a way that if we would ever carry out those things we know that, that we're thinking about, we wouldn't be able to live with them. We'd feel so disgusting and defiled and guilty. We wouldn't be able to carry it out. But the Rebbe says, what makes you so different? That person wishes the policeman never would have caught them. And you, and in some way you wish that there'd never be a part of you that would have caught you. Right? You wish, if it were possible, you'd sue Suya, that I could do this without the guilt, without the remorse, without, without all those things that I've, that I, the, that my, the policeman of my soul are patrolling me. And looking for, if I would be able to do this and carry out this taifa, this desire. So the Rebbe says, so that guy can't do it because the policemen have stopped him. And now he's in jail. Now take a look inside of your heart, inside of who you are. Do you think you're so much more chasha than that person that's sitting in jail? When you look in the newspaper and they tell you, and you read about this guy, and you say, "Ah, a maneuver, a mushkos. look at him, look." So then someone says to you, "Why? Why? He, he never actually did it. He was just caught trying to do it." So you think that's a disgusting thing. He was caught, but he wanted to do a terrible thing. So the rabbi says to each and every one of us, "How many times have you wanted to do a terrible thing? How many times?" So you were matzliach. so you took that uglier part of yourself and you threw him into a jail. And you think that you're at tzaddik, the Rebbe says? What about all those, what about all those would-be, uh, would-be murderers that are locked in the jail of your consciousness? Right? What about those would-be murderers? What about those would-be other things that, are, that you've locked up inside? Which is a madrega, thank God. But self-called self, what the Rebbe's saying is, have you really, really changed yourself as a person? since the time that you were a child? Have you really healed the wounds of who you are? Have you really, really transformed yourself? Or is it just that you're a very good jailkeeper? You're a very talented jailkeeper that has resolved to live a life not that's pure, because pureness means many, many things, but to live a life where at least you can live with yourself and with the people that, that are that, that you're close to. Let's just finish this sentence. He says, <laughs> He says, that guy in jail, he's pulling at the chain. He's in our face. He found something. He's trying to file. He's trying to like, you know, he's, he, he's trying to get out. He's trying to get out. And if he would only be able to tear off that chain, if he would only be able to smash down the wall of that prison, he'd be free. And the first place he'll be. The first place we'll get to is the place where we'll be able to carry out that thing that he wasn't able to, because each and every one of you, each and every one of us, the Baruch would say, you have one day off, a day off from Shulchan Aruch, one day off Shulchan Aruch. Now, not only that, you have a day off from Shulchan Aruch. Not, you won't be judged in this world. You won't be judged in the next world. <clears throat> you won't feel any guilt or remorse. That's not that's an offer. One day without without thinking of one day without thinking of, of what your father or mother would say, or your grandfather or grandmother, just indulge. Indulge without any chains, without any walls, without any prison. Just indulge, enjoy, and have a good time. No side effects. <clears throat> so can, can we honestly say that we're so different from that guy? who has artificial chains that are holding him back from, from doing the things that are destructive to himself and to others. He says, we also have chains that are holding us back. But those that those don't necessarily, the, the fact that we have those chains that are holding us back do not, do not necessarily reflect upon any true transformation of the self that's taken place inside of me. Any real work To be a to be a greater person, to be a greater person that's that that's more in touch with my heart. It's just that I I I, I'm a good warden. I'm a good warden. But he says that guy's trying to tear off he's he's trying to tear off the chains. He's trying to break through that prison wall. And if you let him loose, he'll fill the world with wickedness. If this guy is let loose, oh boy, it's going to be Leibedik. If he is let loose, it'll be terrible. So inside of ourselves, the Rebbe is now going to talk about that. We're not going to have time to go into this at length now. The Rebbe says that if unless you've really, really lifted yourself up and 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 unless you're really honest with yourself, it it could be that that's all you've accomplished over all these years. Locks and chains, and that's why many people are in a, in a very mysterious way they resent they resent Yiddishkeit and looking for all types of hetterim. They're looking for all types of heterun. They, they found a new way how Jews can listen to music during Sphere Song. I don't know if you know about this. They found a new way how Jews can listen to, to music during Sphere Song. They have now these sphere tapes that are, that, uh, where there are no musical instruments. So they found the this So now they found a new way to outwit their barn shalom. That until now, until now, a person was able to live for a couple of weeks without music. So about the community, thank God, has grown. We have to make simchas. And so now you're ready. You'll find every different sheet they're being held. You'll, you'll you'll be invited to bar mitzvahs and to simchas any time during the sphere any any time during sphere assignment If there's some way to do it, if there's some way to do it on yontiv, it would, it would be on yontiv also. So they have all different all different ways. So now now my children showed me something that came out and again i don't mean anything against those people they're wonderful people because they they, they realized that if not then many of the others are going to listen to other music so they tried to make without any uh, musical instruments just they had this fantastic um, ability to with their hands and their mouths to make uh, sounds that sounds like a, sounds like a like a musical instrument so, so so therefore what so i so i asked my daughter so I said, look okay you win you win. Because, uh, technically, you, we can't, they can't nail you. You win. Because, in, in, in Shulchan <coughs> Brewer, it's hard to nail you. So what I said, but I said, okay. So she wanted to know, could she buy it? Because she borrowed one from me, she wanted to know she could buy it. <coughs> so, I said, you know, you know how it is, then you say all this terrible stuff, and you say, alright, but if you want to, go ahead. <laughs> so that's exactly what I did yesterday. So I said, but, so I said to her, but you know, I said, but listen, sweetheart, if, try, try to think about the Barney Shalom himself, forget about, you know, they're gonna start putting out already CDs that have, that have signatures from Rosh Hashim and stuff, I said, forget about, forget about, uh, right now, this halacha, that halacha, yeah, you're right, they're right, and it's mutter, and they put out, and three tapes like this came out now before Savior, so Svirah so tapes, it says on it, it Svirah it, tapes. So I said, but do you think that this is what, do you think this is what the Chacham had in mind? So, so, Elamai, you outwitted the Barnish you outwitted all the Chachamim, you outwitted the Chassam Saif and the Gro, you outwitted the Moghnev Ram and the Taz, you outwitted the Chavitz you're really smart. The, the, this generation is smarter than the Chassam Saifer, could you imagine? They won! Because now, Nanana is we're listening to music, And it's serious, i we won. The rabbis didn't get us. So I said, yeah, you could, you could, you could do it. I said, I don't want to hear it. But daddy, it's mutter. Yeah, it's mutter. But you know something? Where does this come from? And I don't mean that, again, I'm assuming their intention was to provide some outlet (laughs) for people who are otherwise going to listen to the, to the radio or something. So I know, I'm sure that, because I know some that they're good people. So I'm not saying anything about the people that produce the tapes, but this this uh, funny little thing. You know where it comes from? It's, it, 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 it's people who feel that Yiddishkeit is imprisoning them. They feel that they are locked up. These are the. When you, if you go to one of these, if you go to a, here, you know, here I go. I know you. Th- once I bring up music, if you go, if you go to one of the, if you have the misfortune of being at one of these of one of these ridiculous concerts. Well, they'll take out little kids and put on these, uh, put on these outfits on them and, you know, shaking and throwing around the microphone, sing psukkim from Tanakh, right? Or you get these entertainers that they think that they're Elvis Presley with a beard, right? <clears throat> if you think about it, these are all would-be concert goers, would-be Broadway people. Th- this, this is, th- this is just, what could I do? <laughs> soft. Go soft. The the and mechanics. What am I going to do? I'm going to go to Broadway. I'm going to go to the show. What am I going to do? I'm going to go to. What am I going to go to 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 some to some rock concert somewhere? I can't. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make my own. i put and it's not against halacha. It's not against halacha. It's halakhically permitted, and it can be separate seating at the concert. And the people who are there come home thinking, "Wow, what hizayrus that was! It was no Hisirus, It was the same thing as being in in Coliseum or, or in the garden. Same thing, but only what you're you're deceiving yourself because the beat that you were looking for in the garden, you put into a posse of shir shir. You took the Baruch Shalom's and you and now they do with Chazals too." they take Chazals too, they because they I think maybe they ran out of, maybe they ran out of P'sukim that are moving enough. I don't know, they're looking for the moving type of P'sukim or the fun type of P'sukim. Right? So, the, the, pa uh, pa that started, that whole thing. That continues, and people who feel, I know this sounds a little bit harsh, I'm just trying to understand, but, but, uh we're looking for ways out. But we're, we're looking for permissible ways out so that when I go to sleep at night and I say, Shmai Yisrael, I'm okay. So now we have sphere tapes. That's it for Sphera. Used to be when I grew up that we knew that for a couple of weeks, you don't turn on the, 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 radio. For a couple of weeks, you don't throw in a cassette. A couple of weeks, there's such a thing. What does it mean? What are the Talmudah Akiva? What's the union of, of the Peronius? Well, okay, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Until the day that they're going to find out that they're going to have Tishabov dinners, what are they going to have? How much does it take until we realize that we're so far from the Barayin level that we're trying to outsmart the Master of the Universe? Because he wanted us to feel a certain way during Sri Song. He wanted us to be aware of something. He wanted us... So the terrorist says, yeah, but because they're not actually playing the drum, but somebody's only imitating a drum, that makes me aware of Svirah Sarm. a de guitar. A It's how not to feel how I can continue to be the exact same person to live the exact same life to do the exact same things and not go against the Shulchan Aruch when there were Jews that you and I come from all they dreamt of is how they could give more Nachas Ruach to the Banyan Shalom to make the Ben Shalom proud that's avoided pnimis. That's avoided pnim. But the Rebbe's saying here is that you have a per- you could be a person that you think that you're living a- a, a perfect life, and you think that you're an evad Hashem, and you're just a prison- you're just a prisoner. And if someone will give you the opportunity to get out of the prison, so until now you're thinking, and you might have even told people, you know, we have this period of time of the year. It's a very, very somber, serious time where we have to be introspective and work on ourselves. It's called Sri Yosef. Because you have somebody at work that was asking you ten years ago, how come you don't listen to the how can you don't listen to any music during the time? And you explain, you know, it's a very serious and sombre time. Ten years later, you're sitting with your new type, and you're shaking. On spirit Simon, right? Yeah. <coughs> but, uh, so then the same person will ask you and you'll exp- uh, and uh, how will that person let's say you could replay this whole thing, and now you can explain it's the next day. Let's say it's not ten years, it's the next day. On Monday, you explain to the person at work how it's a very serious and somber time. And how we Jews are very introspective people. We we're, we live with the past. And we're thinking now about, about these tragedies of the past. And we're thinking about this and about that. Right? All these things that we're thinking about. The next day, you come in and you have this new tape that came out overnight. And the person at work sees you, you know, sees you. you're getting into it. Right? So then the person will ask you. How do you explain this? Yesterday you gave me an hour long explanation, a whole series <coughs> about, about this Indian. So, so you'd say, so you think that he would understand if you would tell him, well, uh, but, uh halakhically it's permitted. So say to, him, what does that mean? So you say, well, according to the, according to the strictness of the law, since there's no music, musical instruments, I'm allowed to listen to this. But that person, in a very simple and true <coughs> way, would ask you, but what about that whole thing of the mood and holocausts and crusades and all that stuff what about all of that well if it's a lot of Allah, that means that i could feel that way with this tape these are all games and that's where we're, that's what we're falling into therefore when a person feels that his Yiddishkeit is, that his Yiddishkeit is a prison so then what so then they had so then the satan rabbi didn't want them to make a he didn't want them to have Arifs all over. Even though the Psalm Rebbe knew very well that in Europe they had, even in the big cities. And the Psalm Rebbe and Halacha would never ever argue to say that you can't have an Arif. What kind of thing is this? Of course you can have an Arif. Uh, there's certain places you can't. Okay, but, but the Rebbe didn't want anywhere. He was afraid. Why? Because he said it's America. And he says, if you let them have, this is, this goes back to 1951, 52, if you let them have, he says, then they're going to be Jews that are going to be playing ball. On Yontiv, I sat by my window upstairs, and I was learning, and I was looking outside and there was a whole cover of Jews walking past this when it was nice the second day, with shorts with baseball bats, gloves, and their kids, daughters, wives, walking, that they were playing baseball on Y, with bats, balls and baseball gloves, shorts and sneakers and yarmulkes going back so they should be able to get them in on time. <coughs> so what are you going to say? What are you going to say?. It's written someplace in the Mishnah. Ah, here it is. Here it is. Mahamish. It it's not, uh, it's not Alpidin at all. But, it's not, that's not the point. The point is, it's, it's lupachlal. You don't, just don't have a, a sensitivity for kedusha. It's yantiv. It's yantiv. And, and, and he, and he passed by one of my neighbors and one of the fellows with the baseball bat said, good And I'm thinking, good yantiv. What kind of yantiv? As yantiv is this? Yantiv? Shvi shal pesach. Achman shal pesach. <clears throat> and then to put on a pair of pants and to run to say, ah, is hervisa, is uh, This is a very extreme form of negligence. But slowly it's happening. This is what slowly is happening. If this person could be released from yuntav altogether, then he wouldn't have to walk to play baseball. He'd be able to get in his car. It's Rachmanis. He has to walk to play. If he didn't have to, if it wasn't, if there wasn't an Israel and Yontiv, it's not because inside of himself, he's connected to the Yontiv. And he loves the Rabban Shalom. And he wants to be able to, to keep the Rabban Shalom's Yontiv. B'simcha. When people think of a Yontiv coming up, so how many people think of a Yontiv coming up and, and they go, oh, yo 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 yo, Yontiv, oh, no. Three days, Yontiv, oh, no. And the Rabban Shalom's thinking, hey, Simcha, I gave this to you because I thought it would make you happy. I'm giving you this time, I'm giving it for you. The Varshlam doesn't need Yantiv. The Varshlam is giving it so we should have Yantiv. And everybody's thinking, "Uh, what am I going to do? I better go someplace. I can't. I will, this, that. I have to make all this cheshbin, this Yantiv. So that's a jail that we're in. And people who feel that Yiddishkeit is a jail. So they could look at themselves and say, I keep everything according to Allah. It could be, but the Rebbe says, but you've never changed. You really have never changed. It's just that you, it's just that you're locked up. You're just locked up. And therefore he says, how different are you from that person who's pulling the chains in the dungeon someplace in prison? Elamai, So now the Rebbe's gonna go, and we're gonna talk about this next week, about how to, about how to begin to be merape is to heal the wounds. Not just to hold back the effects of your sickness. How do you heal the sickness? How do you heal it? That's the Shiloh. Not just how do, you, how do you prevent the symptoms from appearing. Because then you don't even realize and God forbid you just drop dead. The, the symptoms didn't appear. That's not the point. The point is I want to be able to cure the illness. Not just to remove the symptoms. But to cure the illness. Right, so the symptom of that music business, the symptom might be what? The symptom is uh, would be uh, of our generation. The symptom would be that they're listening to non-Jewish music and they're running to concerts and they're running to this and then that whole music culture and their rap and the uh, and the uh, heavy metal. That's the symptom. So you don't show any of those symptoms. So you say, Ah, bo hashem, I'm a healthy guy. I don't go to those concerts. I don't listen to the rap or to the metal. I'm I'm uh, I'm a, I'm a healthy guy. That could only be that you don't have any of the symptoms. But as far as the sickness is concerned, the illness is concerned, you could chalila be infested. Infested. It's just that you don't have those symptoms. So the baby says, that's not how you want to leave this world. You want to be cured. You want to get to the bottom of it. And that's what we have to do, to get to the bottom of the sickness, to remove the cause of sickness. So that I don't have to have beat bop during the during severe Saimur. So, so it doesn't mean anything. Not only that it doesn't mean, not only don't I need it, but it seems to me absurd. Where I would want to be able to honor Rabbi Akiva. I would want to be able to share in the, in the suffering of Jews who went through the Crusades, Tachvatat and so on. I would want to, I would want to do that. Not to find some Hechatimseh that doesn't go against the Mishnah to get out of it. That's how you have to heal the wounds. What happened to, where's the Isaac? What happened to him? Because well, he wanted to hear something or say something. Alright. <clears throat> so, mitzvah Shem. So, mitzvah so Shem. Next, uh, next week, uh, we'll continue. with The Rebbe tells us how how to begin to begin to heal, to work on on refining and curing, the the, the illnesses that 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 have have changed our lives. And we should be zayrich mitzvah Shem. When we say the brochei roifeh cholei Am Yisrael that the lom cures the ones who are sick, we shouldn't only think of aguf, We should think of refusan Nafish. And even though we daven for the rest of the world, it's okay to daven for ourselves also. Okay, just go